Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets. What's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left-hand side of your screen. And then every time I upload a new show, you will be notified in your inbox. That is the only email you'll receive and shows are not uploaded on a regular basis. So it's a very good way to keep up. Now I'm sitting in a hotel in central London with Thomas Robine. Thomas is the chairman of a gold exploration company called Yorbo Resources. Yorbo are operating in Quebec along the prolific Cadillac trend exploring for gold. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, why don't you give us a, uh, why don't you start by giving us an overview of Yorbo, what you do and where you're doing it and what your plans are going forward. Yorbo is a company that's listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange on the main board under the symbol YRB.A. It is a company that is exploring a 12-kilometer stretch of the Cadillac Larder Lake break, which has most of which has seen very little drilling and exploration, but it does have two mines that had been previously developed but not put into production back in the late 1980s, early 1990s, before gold prices collapsed. So we have 12 kilometers of a very good stretch of the Cadillac ladder break. Okay, and, and uh, how much gold have you managed to prove up so far, and how much are you hoping to prove up? Well, we have uh, almost 500,000 ounces in 43101 compliance at the Astoria and the Ogmito mines. We have over 600,000 ounces in what is called a manual polygonal calculation, which is not compliant in 43101 regs, but is telling us that there is a significant amount of gold in these two deposits, the Cinderella and the Lake Gamble. We are currently drilling Cinderella to take it to compliance, and the plan is early next year to drill Lake Gamble to compliance, and then we will be over 1 million ounces in compliance, but only down to a depth of around 500 meters. All of these deposits are open. Very good. Now, um, uh, we talked through our presentation or your presentation before we began this interview and um, you were quite excited about what you've got at greater depth than 500 meters. Do, do you want to talk about that? Well, our geologic interpretation and reassessment of the old drill data tells us that, that some of the ore shoots that we see between the surface, we actually have ore grades and widths on the surface, uh, extend down to five, 600 meters depth, but our geologic information indicates to us that these chutes will continue to great depth. For example, all along the Cadillac break, uh, these deposits, once they are found, continue to thousands of meters and go, in sense, beyond the depths to which they're economic to mine. So while we will have a million ounces down to about 500 meters depth, the upside potential over a long period of mine life becomes significant, multi-million ounces of gold. Okay, so the, the grade improves the deeper you get. In, in our, especially in the Astoria mine, we do see that. At level six in the Astoria mine, 
the uh, mineralization is about two meters wide at around six grams per ton. But at level 10, just a couple hundred meters deeper, it's three to four meters wide at 10 grams per ton. So typically these deposits get richer. Doesn't that make them harder to mine? Isn't, doesn't it make them more expensive to mine? Well, the deeper you go, the mining costs do increase. But at the same time, you're building on the previous in- infrastructure that one has developed in order to mine at shallower levels. Okay, now I've, I've seen, talking of infrastructure, I, I've uh, looked at pictures of, of, of your operations, and you already seem to have quite a bit of infrastructure there already. Yes, back in uh, the late 1980s, when people were really pursuing gold mineralization, uh, the Astoria mine was, was developed and partially mined. 100,000 tons was taken out. But there's a 500-meter-deep shaft and several lateral workings in ore-grade material. At the Augmito mine, we have a nice service building, a 250-meter-deep shaft, a 1.2-kilometer-long ramp with lateral workings, which is these workings are in ore-grade material. And so we have the existing infrastructure so that once we cross the million-ounce threshold, which I think we will do within the next few months, we can make an immediate production decision. And do you have an idea what that will be? Well, there's... There are different possibilities. One is that we could start mining and shipping rock to mills which are in the vicinity that have excess capacity. One is 60 kilometers, uh, I'm sorry, 60 miles down the road. Another is only 12 miles down the road. The other alternative is that we could build a mill on site, and we have the engineering study that tells us where we could do that. Or we could start off by mining rock and shipping it to a tool mill while we build our own mill on site. So there are many possibilities, and we'll have to come to that major decision point in the spring. Okay, who do the other mills belong to? These are operating mines, are they? Well, one is at um, Horizon is building a mill at the Joanna deposit, and Kirkland Lake has excess capacity at their Kirkland Lake mine. I see. Now, um, let's go back briefly to this um, uh, let's say, this mother load that's sitting there at depth. Um, did Am I right in saying Agnico, who are one of your neighbours, drilled into your property, or, or they found something that borders on your property at depth? Well, several miles down the road to the east on the Cadillac break, uh, Yorbo had a property called the Ellison property, which was vended to Agnico Eagle. And when they start production on the Ellison property, the company receives a two-and-a-half net smelter royalty. Uh, last year, uh, Agnico became very interested in the Ellison property at depth, and they drilled a hole that penetrated the target at 2,500 meters depth, but encountered a wide zone of high-grade gold mineralization. This is typical in this type of deposit in that once the deposits are found, they go to thousands of meters of depth. Now, that hole took Agnico Eagle almost a year and cost over $5 million to drill. So they are very interested in what's at depth on the Ellison property. And if presumably if they mine something, that, that means quite a lot of, well, can you say what the numbers would be? Well, let's assume that there's a million ounces on the Ellison property, which is not unrealistic because of the width of the mineralized zone that they've gone through. That would mean that we would receive 25,000 ounces to Yorbo over the life of the mine. Now, Agnico Eagle's history has been to buy out a royalty block before they begin to mine it because the auditing nightmare that comes up in trying to credit what was produced from the royalty block at the same time you're mining a non-royalty block, 
nobody wants to mess with. So there would be a buyout, but when and how much, I can't say. Okay, so that's a, a little fat, juicy bonus check that's right. sitting down the road for you. Right. Um, okay, let's uh, talk about the structure of the company and the share price and all those uh, details. How many um, shares are there uh, outstanding? What's your year high and your year low? Why don't we go through some of those details? Well, the year high, the 52-week high, was $0.39 cents a few months ago. The low was $0.14, cents, and it's, the company is now trading at the time we talk around $0.21, $0.22. Cents. The company has a 164 million shares outstanding with only about uh, 6 million warrants and 5 million options on top of that. Uh, 38% of the shares are held by five shareholders, uh, private individuals and one London-based fund. Okay, that's, uh, that's very good. Um, do you have cash? Do you need to raise money? Can you do the drilling that you need to do between now and the spring? We're just finishing drilling the Cinderella property, so we will be able to take that to compliance. But we will do another fundraising shortly to fund the drilling of Lake Gamble, and that's an important one because my calculations show we have around a half a million ounces in Lake Gamble, but we have to take it to compliance. Yeah. So we will do a funding of somewhere between 2 and $5 million in the next few weeks. Okay. Um, now, yeah, you're, you're talking about... Um, you know this million ounce uh, having a million ounces of forty three one hundred one compliant gold in the ground by next spring. What makes you so comfortable that you're going to be able to declare that? Because we have uh, already the, the resources and compliance at Ogmedo and Astoria, plus the drilling that we have done on the Cinderella and Lake Gamble. We have enough holes in there to, that have come back with good grades and widths that suggest. Yes, if we just do the infill drilling necessary to bring them to compliance, we will get enough ounces to go over a million ounces. Okay, now let's uh, briefly talk about uh, Ruin, Nevada. You're within 15 minutes' drive of the town. What advantages does that give you? Well, the advantage that we have of being so close to a town that is a key infrastructure center. I said Ruin, Nevada. I meant Ruin, Naranda. (laughs) Sorry, I beg your pardon. Yes, it's a key mining town in Quebec. And there's a large pool of of skilled labor. You have excellent infrastructure and access. There's a railroad that goes right through the uh, Yorbo property and regional highways. But the main thing is that we're not having to to fly people up to a very remote camp uh, with all the costs that are attendant to that. For example, our total drilling costs on our property are $85 a meter. That includes the drilling, the assaying, the geologic supervision and so forth whereas up north in the back of beyond it'll be 300 to 500 dollars per meter so our dollars are more effectively spent because we're practically in downtown Rwanda. okay very good now give us some blue sky uh, thomas tell us you know i mean you, you've got this uh, i can see loads of potential but with every explorer before you explore it there's always lots of potential so g- give us some blue sky how, how is your bow going to make us all rich Well, recall that I said that we control 12-kilometer strike length of the break. The numbers I've talked about, the 1 million ounces plus, is only in the western 6 kilometers and only down to a depth of 500 meters. I should have made that clear before. But so knowing that these types of deposits go to thousands of meters depth, then we can stair-step down and say, all right, if we have a million ounces at 500 meters, 
There's no reason you wouldn't have 2 million at 1,000 meters, 3 million down to 1,500 meters, and so on. And so there's tremendous upside potential. However, it's not practical to explore below 1,000 meters for a junior company. Once we have the 1 million ounces in compliance, that represents 7 or 8 years of production. So it is foolish, I think, to spend more money exploring for more ounces. Instead, we go into production and then do the exploration from our underground workings where it's simpler and cheaper to drill the projections to depth, and we do it out of cash flow. Very good. And, you know, production, how long would it take you to get into production given that you already have quite a lot of existing infrastructure? Again, that depends on how we decide to do it. If, for example, we said we'll get an arrangement with a toll mill, then we have to dewater and rehabilitate the existing underground workings, which are already driven into ore grades and widths. And so within, uh, say, eight or ten months, we could be mining rock and shipping it to a toll mill. At the same time, we could be doing, getting permits and so forth for construction of our own mill on site. So the shortest time frame, once the decision is made and the financing is in place, would be, say, 12 months down the road, we could be shipping some amount of gold. Ultimately, my objective is that we would uh, produce 100 to 150,000 ounces per year and probably with our own mill on site. But again, that's a major decision point that comes up early next year. Okay. Now, how undervalued do you think you are and why? I think the company is undervalued. Of course, everybody thinks their own company is undervalued. But the reason I say that is that in the Abitibi, uh, in the last few years, companies have been given 100 to $150 per ounce of compliant gold as a market cap. So if we have uh, achieved our goal of a million ounces by early next year, then we should have 100 to $150 million in market cap based on just the gold. But when you consider the replacement cost of the facilities and infrastructure we have, which would be 50 to $80 million, it's reasonable to say the company's market cap should be 150 to $200 million. It's currently $35 million. So this could represent a five to seven times increase in the share price over the next year. Very good. Um, one last question for you. Um, a lot of these uh, deposits along this trend uh, have very low-grade ore at surface. Uh, I'm thinking of people like a Cisco, and, and uh, it's a very much a bulk tonnage, uh, low-grade mining operation, which is the kind of name of the game there. Uh, but but usually open pit. This isn't the kind of game that you'd be in because yours is a little bit deeper than at surface. Is that right? Well, we have ore grade mineralization at the surface, but it's not open pitable. It's narrow. In other words, two meters to eight meters in width, true width. We would be operating in an underground mine. And most of the gold that's been produced in the Abitibi has come from underground mines. It's only recently, especially with the uh, Cisco, that they've found a large bulk tonnage low-grade mine. Now, our grades at our, at our uh, compliant resources range from 6 to 8 grams per ton. And if you consider a cutoff grade of 3.5 grams per ton, which I think is high, but that's the grade we have for our resource calculation, you still have a margin of 3 or 4 grams per ton, which at this time uh, would give you a uh, 100 to $140 margin per ton. I think that our our direct operating cost of production will be about six hundred dollars 
per ounce of gold produced. And gold's now at about 1700 so that's an $1,100 an ounce margin. So this, even though it's an will be an underground mine, it will be a profitable mine. Very good. Well, Thomas Robine, thank you very much. Thank you very much for talking to me. The company is Yorbo Resources. It's listed on the Toronto uh, on the Toronto Main Board under the ticker symbol YRB.A, and the website is uh, www.yorboresources.com. Yes. Very good. Well, Thomas Robine, thank you very much. Thank you. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 